Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. My name is Karen. And my name is Colleen. And this is Books, Movies, and Musicals. Oh Oh my! Before we get into what we really want to talk about, we need to discuss with you all, our listeners, what this podcast is going to be. We are starting our podcast by talking about the Harry Potter series in depth, as well as various parody musicals, plays, and music based off of Harry Potter. But that's not what this podcast is all about. Of course it isn't. This series is about books, movies, and musicals. We don't want this to be specifically about Harry Potter, but we chose Harry Potter as a starting point because it's something that we've both been very passionate about in our lives and have decided to revisit as adults. While we will be discussing Harry Potter for quite some time here on our podcast, in between each Harry Potter book, we will be discussing Disney princesses and the movies, musicals, Grimm's Brothers stories, and anything else we can think of associated with them. We are both very excited to begin this journey with you all about the things we are passionate about. And we are both very passionate about books, movies, and musicals. We hope you enjoy these stories and our commentary. Now let's get into Harry Potter. Welcome to Our Goblet of Wine is Better, our series about the Harry Potter books, movies, and everything in between. Because Our Goblet of Wine is Better, we are drinking Pineapple Colada Chiller Buzzballs, which are made with orange wine, unlike some people on another podcast who didn't drink wine in their first episode. While we might be drinking in this episode and the next couple of episodes, we don't anticipate drinking in every episode of Our Goblet of Wine is Better. Before we get into the books, let's both discuss how we initially got into Harry Potter. So Colleen, would you like to go first? Sure. Uh, well, I don't really remember how I initially got into the Harry Potter series. Uh, it probably started with the movies, but I do remember, like, in fifth grade, I think, uh, I went to this, I think it was a Harry Potter, like, party at the public library here in town, and they had a prize table, and so, like, at the beginning of the party, like, when you walked in, you got a raffle ticket. And so we got to the end of the party and they were like, okay, like, we're going to draw to see who can go up to the table and pick what you want. Well, they had Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix on the table. (laughs) And I was like, that's what I want. (laughs) I want that book. (laughs) Because I loved reading. Like, at that point, like, I loved reading. I was reading all the time, but I had never read the Harry Potter series. (laughs) So you're going to start with the fifth one. I was going to start with the fifth one. (laughs) It's fine. <laughs> and so, um, and so luckily, whenever my ticket was called, I got Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix. I was like, yes! And oddly enough, I think that is probably still my favorite book in the entire series. But I did read the books out of order. Obviously. <laughs> Obviously, because I started with Order of the Phoenix, and then I guess maybe Half-Blood Prince was out, maybe? I don't remember. But I read, like, Order of the Phoenix, then Half-Blood Prince, and then Deathly Hallows, which my mom read first. But <laughs> my mom read Deathly Hallows first, and then I read it. And then I, like, went back and read the other books. How did you read it like that? I don't know. 
I just did because I think the first four movies had been out already, and so I had seen. Oh, the, so you knew the story. I knew the story. Okay. I had seen like the first four movies. Then I read Order of the Phoenix. You just didn't then. know it as well as you uh, yeah. would have if you knew the books. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So like I knew the general story, just not all the details. Okay. Okay. But that's that's basically how I got into it from as far as I know. Okay. I feel like mine's gonna be a lot longer. Yours is gonna be a lot longer. But um so I definitely did not get to watch the movies when I was younger. My parents were very much like, You can't watch these until you're a certain age, you know? And um so when I was in third grade, I think that my parents had gotten enough of me like begging and begging to read the books. Because I knew that if I had read the books sooner than later, I mm-hmm. would be able to watch the movies. And so I was like, this is the progression, right? And um, so I read, like, all of the books that were out um, in third grade, which I think were, like, the first three or four. I don't know when the fifth I'm trying one to came think. Out. Yeah, I can't remember. I know that the fifth one came out around the time I was in fifth grade. That sounds about right. Yeah. So, cause I don't know if the fourth we were, one was out or not. Yeah, we were in fifth grade at the same time. Yeah. So I think, yeah, so maybe it was the, just the Lord of Phoenix that was out by the time yeah. we got to fifth grade. But I don't know if the fourth one was out when I was in third grade. Whatever happened, I read them that way. But I got free range on the first three books because everyone in my family had already read them. Um, but like as the other books were coming out and we were all reading them, there are, Nine people in my family. (laughs) And I think that five of us were reading the books. Okay. Whenever they came out. Yeah. Um, and so, like, we would only buy one book for the whole family. Just one. (laughs) It's fine, you know, just one book. That's all you need. That's all you need for five people people, who want to read it at the same time. Yeah. Um, but we would always go and, like, pick up the book at, like, the midnight release at, like, Walmart or whatever. And, um, we would bring it home and literally, like, someone would be staying up that night to, like, start reading it. I don't know how we decided who started <laughs> first. I really don't know. I feel like it would be which, whoever's oldest or something. I don't know, maybe. Or maybe you maybe guys switched it up. Or, it, yeah. Like, Cause I know she was reading. But we would always have, like, our little sticky note and we would, like, I think we had, like, a mark or a name or something on say, it to yeah. show who it was, because otherwise okay. it wouldn't make Otherwise, yeah, you'd be like, which one's mine? <laughs> exactly. So we always had, like, our sticky notes. The book would have, like, a ton of sticky notes sticking out of it for us to read. Okay, um, five. Yeah. That's a lot of sticky <laughs> notes to have in one book, notes. okay? <laughs> um, but, yeah, so that's how we marked where we were, and um, basically, you could have the book. And if you had the book, it was your time to read it, and you had unending time to read it, but the second you put it down and someone saw it, they were allowed to pick it up and take it. Like, that was just, like, the rule. So, like, even if you were just, like, going to the bathroom or something. Yeah, Yeah, if you were going to the bathroom or getting a snack or whatever, like, as soon as it was put down, yeah. Someone found it, they were (laughs) taking it. And then you just, you really just wanted to find a good stopping spot before you ever had to go do anything, Mm -hmm. because then if you weren't in a good stopping place, like. Yeah. Uh oh. <laughs> did, any, did any of you try to like hide the book if you went to like go get a snack or something? I feel like maybe we did, but I'm not 100% sure. I think that might have been against the rules. Okay. <laughs> there were rules? Oh, I'm positive there were rules. There's five of us trying to read this book. Uh-huh. You can't just tuck it away under your bed somewhere. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, I think we had to read it in the common areas of the house. 
So I think we had to like read it in like the living room or the family room or wherever. Um, we couldn't have like food while we were reading it. We were trying to keep them all nice and clean mm-hmm. for each other. Um, obviously you cannot take books into the bathroom. It's really gross. Yeah. Really gross. But, um, so that didn't happen. But, uh, yeah. So we would take turns reading like that. And, um, it, got to a point by the time the sixth one was coming out that my oldest brother who was reading the books with us got really fed up with having to share the books so then he started buying his own copy starting with the sixth one which obviously there's only two books from that point on the sixth and the seventh but he bought his own copy of both of those books that he could read them himself and i remember when the seventh one came out we were on a family road trip And even while being on that road trip, we still went to Walmart or whatever bookstore there was that had, like, a midnight release for it. We still went there at midnight, picked up the book, and got to start reading it while we were on the the road trip. But because I get carsick, I wasn't allowed to read it. Oh, no! (laughs) That road trip, unless we were, like, at a hotel or at, like, a house or wherever we were stopped. So everyone else was, like pages and pages ahead of you while you couldn't read (laughs) and like we couldn't talk about it because you can only talk about up to where the like the person who's the most behind is and so it's like obviously they could only talk about what i knew yeah (laughs) oh no so we just didn't talk about it really because until after you were all done (laughs) yes exactly but greg um my brother he finished it so fast because he had his own copy that eventually we were all able to like just share those two okay so then it was, like, two people per book, I think, or Yeah, something. that's nice. But, yeah, it was really nice. That's really nice. Yeah. I don't know when Thomas and Lauren got added into that. My little yeah. brother and little sister. But, um, I don't know. I don't think Lauren ever really read them. Thomas did, though. And I don't know if he read them after all of us had already read them or if he started while they were coming out. I don't know. So, yeah, I'm not really sure. I'm not really sure what happened there. Yeah. If he started out with the movies, I think he might have started I would say he probably movies. started out with the movies. But that's basically how That's kind of your it. story of yeah. how you got into it. Pretty okay. much. Okay. Yeah. It was just really interesting. Just a lot of sharing Lots of, of sharing. books. <laughs> and I wasn't allowed to watch the person. Oh, I remember. The first movie was playing one day. Uh-huh. And I, like, my brothers were like watching it downstairs. But yeah. I had been told I wasn't allowed to go down there. Oh. And I went down there for like a snack. And my mom was like, you're not supposed to be down here. And it was the scene where Harry and Ron were on the train. Uh-huh. And Ron goes, bloody hell. <laughs> and my mom was like, you can't say that. <laughs> and I was like, okay. And then I went back upstairs with my snack. <laughs> but I wasn't even allowed to watch the movie, so I had no clue what was happening. Yeah. Well, I kind of did, but I kind of didn't, you know? Yeah. And it yeah. was that forbidden fruit that I wanted to watch, but yes. could not watch. Yeah. So... Okay, then. Yeah, that's my, right. my story. It's your story. It was definitely longer than mine. <laughs> I think you're right. It was definitely longer. It was definitely longer. All right, well, should we get into the book? Harry Potter and idea. the Sorcerer's Stone. Let's do it. Chapter one. Chapter one, The Boy Who Lived. Ooh. So, so to start out this chapter, I feel like, personally for me at least... Like, when you're reading about Mr. and Mrs. Dursley, like, you just have this sense of, I don't like them. Oh, yeah. 100%. Like, 100%. You're just like, these people don't seem like I'd want to be around them. Well, and I remember when I first started reading this 
especially the first chapter i thought it was the most boring thing in the whole world yes i was yes. like why am i like hearing about this prime minister and like <laughs> yeah why do i care <laughs> you know what <laughs> i i just realized we didn't specify for this series we read the books as a kid, but we are rereading them now. Yes, yes, we are. We are rereading them now. <laughs> we I are just, rereading them. I just realized we forgot to mention that. We are discussing but, our, our feelings about them now after having reread them. Yeah. And I know for me, while I've been reading, I've been trying to look at it in like two different ways where one, like, how would people react if they had never read it before? Okay. But also, to like, I've read it before. I know what happens. I know some of these inside bits. Like, how am I reacting to that now? Okay. And so, it's just interesting trying to think of these different things. Okay. I can see that. Um, I think mine really isn't as in-depth as what you're going <laughs> with. Well, you're also currently just listening to the audiobook. That is true. I need to actually read the books. But I need yeah. the books first for that. But, um... My thing is, right now, I'm kind of just looking at, like, superficially. Mm -hmm. As well as, like, I mean, I was an English major, so. I was not. Like, (laughs) reading or, like, listening to this book and, like, hearing the writing style and kind of just, like, how things are, like, described. It's interesting, I guess, just from my perspective, because I'm so used to all of these, like, specific, important descriptions, and then all of a sudden, like. It's, I mean, it's the yeah. first book in the series, and she wasn't, like, the best writer at that point. Yeah. I mean, that's um, why she was rejected, what, like, 17 times or Yeah, something? something like that. And so, like, obviously she was, like, still learning, still working on it, and it was a good story to begin with. Yeah. But, like, her descriptions obviously could use work. Yeah. Especially in the first one. Yeah. <laughs> and I say, like, especially since, like... At this point, like, I'm sure she did not have the entire series planned oh, out. No. Like, definitely not. I know people think that she probably did. Like, she knew what she was going to do with it, but I don't, I don't think I don't, she did. I mean, maybe she had, like, one or two things. Yeah. But otherwise, I don't think she had a lot. I don't think she did either. Because that's a lot of story to have yeah. planned from the first book. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, like, you and I both have tried writing stories mm-hmm. before. And, like, we're usually just kind of like, it's the one book. That's yeah. it. You or the one story. It. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, I'm I'm definitely that kind of person that's like, I might have a general outline. Yeah. But for the most part, no. I'm just working on whatever is happening. Yeah. No, you could have a plan. You could be like, this is ultimately where I want them to get. Yeah. But but there's no guarantee that you're gonna know exactly what what turns and twists <laughs> what going all to is go gonna happen. To get yeah, there, you know. Yeah. So, but we've kind of strayed away from Harry Potter. But that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> Just discussing the books. Just discussing. All right. Styles. I guess we can talk about the first chapter for real though. For reals now. Yeah. <laughs> for real. <laughs> so like so, Mr. and Ms. Dursley are definitely written in a way that makes you kind of not like them already, yes. because yes. like the first. The first sentence. Let me read this for you. Mr. and Mrs. Dursley of number four Privet Drive were proud to say that they were perfectly normal. Thank you very much. Like, they're, they're, they're like, I'm normal and it's the best thing ever. Yeah. Like, okay, no. (laughs) Yeah, it's like they can't imagine straying at all from anything that could be perceived as normal. Yeah, exactly. Because they are very much so like, I want to be normal, normal, normal. I don't want to be seen as anything other than that. Yeah. And, like, that's... That's another thing, too. Like, as you're getting into the chapter, when, um... 
like when Mr. Dursley is going off to work or whatever, like he's started noticing strange things Mm -hmm. just throughout the day and he gets very anxious about them. Yes. Because he's like, he's just like, I thought I saw a tabby cat reading a map. And uh, like, that's the only thing he can focus on. Yeah. He's like, was it reading a map? Is that, is that a thing? Maybe it was. I mean, the second time you looked, it wasn't reading a map. (laughs) And like, I think the thing is too, that for someone who is a first time reader, you may not know what exactly the book is about yeah. yet. And so you'll be like, um, no, I don't think he did see the cat reading right. a map. Well, and I think that that first chapter is definitely going to be like a weird one for someone who doesn't know the world to yeah. read. Just because of how, like, I mean, essentially, like, it's kind of boring. Yeah, it's... So, like, yeah. it's going to be hard to get into to begin with. But also, like, it's weird. It's, it's a very strange chapter. <laughs> because all these random, like people are dressed up, like, strangely, according to Vernon. Mm-hmm. Like, he yeah. sees all of these people dressed up in, like, cloaks and, and, yeah. and talking. Like, purple and green cloaks. And stuff, yeah. right? But, like, you're not normally going to see people dressed like that. Yeah. In a normal society. So, like, already it's, like, what is happening? <laughs> yeah, he's just, like, this is a very strange day. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So. But I will say one thing, cause, because we already know the story ourselves... Mm-hmm. Um, like, we know that these are wizards, mm-hmm. that these are wizards gathering, and we know why they're gathering, yeah. because we've already read the books before. Yes, yes. Um, but one thing for me is that, like, you know, there's this, uh, what is it, like, the international something of secrecy, like, people, oh, yeah. like, the muggles aren't supposed to know mm-hmm. about wizards, and just all of a sudden, just this one day, there's wizards out and they're about gathering, <laughs> talking. They have owls everywhere. Yeah, and so it's like... Uh, they're not supposed to be out like this. Right. But however, I found out last night, last night, I think, I was reading, and where is it? Yes, okay, so on wizardingworld.com, there's, like, a J.K. Rowling archive, Mm -hmm. and they just, and it's just a bunch of different little articles that Rowling has, uh, has written, you know? And there was one about clothing, and there's this sentence it says, a one-day amnesty was announced on the day that news broke of Lord Voldemort's disappearance following Harry Potter's survival of the Killing Curse, which which basically meant that they were allowed to uh-huh. go out about in public, in the muggle world, it's even. Like the purge. <laughs> <laughs> They're, like, allowed to break all the rules right they, now. Yeah, they were allowed to break the rules that day. <laughs> Just, you know, like, not like the purge, because they weren't yeah. killing, but, like... Yeah. <laughs> but I will say that, like... Uh, like, the more you realize, oh, that wizards aren't supposed to be doing this, you're kind of, like, if you're reading it for the first time, you're like, why is this a thing now on this day? Yeah. Yeah, that like, would be a good question to ask. It's very weird. Because it would be weird, especially since you don't know what's happening. Yeah. Because you have because no clue, like, what has happened to cause all of these people to Not at all, no. Especially, uh, like, if you really do not know the story of Harry Potter, you don't know what is happening at all. Yeah. And I feel like it takes a while to actually be told what, it does. what happened. I agree. It definitely does. Because, like, you hear little hints of it. Like, they mention, like, Harry, and they mention, like, his yeah. parents, and, like, they're celebrating something. Yeah. Obviously. Oh, yeah. But, um, you don't straight up hear it. No. Not until, at all. like, right at the very end of the chapter. Not even at the very end of the chapter, I don't think. You kind of do, because that's when Dumbledore and all them are dropping Harry off. Well, yeah, but I don't think it's ever it's not like blatantly it's not blatantly said but so you're just can't but i feel you like you find out that this child no longer has parents and he's having to like come to stay with 
Do they actually? Oh, I guess they do say that. Yeah. You're probably right about that. <laughs> I just but... listened to it. Oh, yeah, that's true. You did. <laughs> I read this like a week ago. I just re-listened to it. Let me but... see. What did I say on my thing? I don't know. What did you say? Tell us. Um... Yeah, Petunia somehow convinced Brandon she wasn't insane despite telling him her family is magical. Yeah, so going back to the Dursleys, <laughs> how do you explain to your husband that your sister is a witch? I'm not really sure how you would do that, if we're being really honest. If, if we're being really honest, like, anyone, any sane person would be like, oh, yeah, yeah. okay, Because that sure. defies, like, all the laws of, like, science and physics and stuff. Yeah, and, like, as... As we know in our world, like, we're, we're like, magic isn't real. Exactly. Yeah. We're like, it's just made up for books and things. Yeah. It's a fake thing that is, like, whimsical and fun yeah. and enjoyable. But Absolutely. it's definitely not, like, real. No. Because, like, even the magic that we have in our society today is, mm. like, it's, it's usually just sleight of hand and, like, illusion, illusion and, and misdirection like and yeah. all that. Yeah. So it's very different from. Like, the kind of magic that you would use a wand with and, like, yes. create oh, yeah. something out of air or, like, yeah. which like something. Like, I wish that were a real thing. <laughs> I do, that would be That would be amazing. <laughs> that would be the best kind of magic. But I'd it's rather like, that to card tricks. Yeah. <laughs> but I will say, uh, another article that I read on WizardingWorld.com, it was about Vernon and Petunia Dursley. Okay. Cool. And, um... So I'm going to read this paragraph because it's about when she, when Petunia told Vernon about uh, her sister, basically. Okay. She confessed the truth during a tear-stained date in Vernon's dark car as they sat overlooking the chip shop where Vernon had just bought them a post-cinema snack. Vernon, as Petunia expected, was deeply shocked. However, he told Petunia solemnly that he would never hold it against her that she had a freak for a sister, and Petunia threw herself upon him in such violent gratitude that he dropped his battered sausage. So, she's tear-stained. So she was sitting there crying about how her sister is this (laughs) magical being, and she's not... It's, it's, the funny thing is the the way it's written it says a tear stained date. What happened on this right? date? That's that, what I'm wondering. Why is it described in that way? Like was she focusing so much on her sister I, that she that, just let that take over the whole? I was saying date? that she she was like because the paragraph before this also mentioned that when uh, Vernon Dursley proposed marriage, she said yes. This is probably when they're engaged. Okay. That she's telling him. So this. she's like finally and like so sharing her dirty little secret. Yeah, about she's her finally family. like, oh my god, my sister's a witch, and I have to tell you this now, but. I, <laughs> But here's the thing, Vernon responds so calmly. He's like, oh, it's okay, your sister's a freak, we'll just, whatever. It's because he's like, he's so simple, and he just wants everything to be this certain way. Yeah. And so he's like, cool, if, like, you don't like your sister, then we don't have to be around her. Yeah, we don't have to be around her. So easy solution, yeah. even if she is a freak, like, we yeah. don't have to see her. Exactly. And, like, this... This article also, like, goes in to say, like, the first time that Vernon ever met Lily and James and how that turned into <laughs> kind of a disaster. Oh, yeah. Uh, but also just, like, it mentions how, like, Petunia didn't want Lily as a bridesmaid because uh, she didn't want, she didn't want to be overshadowed by Lily, the witch. Um, and just, like, once she and Vernon were married, they kind of just stopped talking mm-hmm. with Lily, like, at all. Yeah. And so, uh, like, they both chose not to attend Lily and James's wedding. Yeah. And the last piece of correspondence that they received from Lily and James was the announcement of Harry's birth. Okay. 
And so, like, they, they do not talk with them. They yeah. don't even respond to them. They've made an effort to cut off To their cut off all ties, yeah. And James and Lily tried again when Harry was born, and nothing and happened. nothing. So they were like, okay. They are like, okay. So they kind of gave but, up after that as yeah. well. <laughs> but, uh... But just how do you... Like, Vernon just kind of accepted the fact that his his sister-in-law is a witch. He was like, okay. Like, whatever. I don't know how you would accept that. I don't either. Because if my brothers had come to me and been like, oh, well, like, my wife is a witch. <laughs> yeah. Like, she does magic. I would have been like, are you, are you sure? Are you sure about magic? that? Or are you sure she's, like, not, like, crazy and, like, you're not... Mm-hmm. Also crazy. You're not also crazy. Do you guys need to <laughs> like go talk to someone? Like, I definitely 100 percent would have questioned it more and probably been like, I don't know if I really yeah want to be involved in that. Yeah, you know, especially since like Vernon has never met Lily, mm-hmm. and like he he probably hasn't heard really anything about her. Yeah, he just knows that Petunia has a sister. Yeah, and that now she has an issue with her sister. Yeah. <laughs> well, he probably knew she had. Or yeah, he probably knew that she had an issue with her sister. But now he knows. The but now issue he knows what it is. How big of an issue it is. Yeah. So. And so I don't know if it's that he's just brushing it off, like oh, whatever. Maybe she's lying about that. But, might be. I mean, maybe. But I don't know. I think he's so simple that maybe he's just totally on her side. And it's just I like, would say you that, know what? I like you so much that I'm just gonna yeah. go with this, and we're just gonna do it. Which that seems odd, just knowing Vernon, because he is such a hateful person. It's true. But I don't think he's hateful to Petunia. No, yeah. Of all people. Of all people, yeah. He, he loves her a lot. <laughs> like, it's not really shown, it's not, but. But you know he does. Yeah, he, if he's willing to accept that, then mm-hmm. he's, he has to love her. I mean, her. if you're willing to live with that? Yeah. <laughs> you're willing to live with Petunia? <laughs> if you're willing to live with someone. You have who, to love her. <laughs> who, you know, at least thinks that her sister's a witch, like. Yeah, you have to be willing to accept it. Yeah. Just accept whatever comes with Petunia. Yeah. Exactly. So he he definitely loves her. Yeah. I think in that aspect, he's yeah. like whatever, whatever, whoever your family is, whatever. It's definitely love. Yeah. At least from Vernon. From Might Vernon. not be the <laughs> traditional idea of love. No, but, but yeah. I mean, it might be Vernon's traditional version of love <laughs> for him. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> but um, let's see what, what else. else in the first chapter. Uh, what was on page eight? I wrote a note about page eight. What was the paragraph? Oh, because it's talking about the Potters and their kind. Okay, yeah. So in in my notes, I wrote, like, I was like, page eight, the first full paragraph, this could very well be a metaphor for racism. Because it's talking about their kind. And mm-hmm. you know how, uh, like, back when segregation was a thing, you know, they separated white people from colored people. And it could be, could very well be, this paragraph could very well be read in that way, I think. Mm-hmm. I can see that. But, yeah. I feel like we could talk more about that, but I don't have much to say, because well, it's just... That's kind of a theme throughout the whole series, though. That's true. Because of the whole, like, mudblood thing as well. That's very true. Because, um, yeah. It's just kind of, like, a consistent topic, even if it's not, like, muggles versus, versus wizard folk. Yeah. But, like, there's also, like, the mudbloods who are, like, born from non-magic areas. Yes. Yeah. And the whole... The purebloods always see themselves yeah. as better yeah. than... Purebloods versus mudbloods. Yeah. Which is a bad word in the wizarding world to yes. begin with. Yes. They're just... They're muggle-borns, if you want to be correct about yes. what to call them. But, like, 
the ones who are racist towards them are calling them mm-hmm. mudbloods. Yes. So. Which it's a lot of the pureblood families who are on the side of Voldemort. Yes. Because there are also those pureblood families who are not, like the Weasleys. Yeah, it's true, and they don't call them that. No. Like, Ron is so aggressively against that word. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and I think that's also partly because, like, his mother, at least, Molly, mm-hmm. at least is probably very against that word. Yes. And so I think just the way that their family is and how they've been raised, like, they're they're very open and accepting of others, you know? Yeah. And especially, you know, Arthur Weasley is so interested in muggles. He loves muggles. Because <laughs> like, in the second movie, you know, what is the function of, of a rubber, rubber duck? duck. <laughs> he loves them so much. That's the first thing he asks Harry, and Harry's like, what? <laughs> yeah, Harry's like, uh, like, what is that question? <laughs> it's just fun, I guess. <laughs> like, it's just a squeaky toy. Yeah. <laughs> it floats in water. I'm yeah. sorry. I don't, I'm, I don't exactly have anything else to either. tell you. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay. that's all I would say if yeah. someone asked me what the function of a rubber duck is. I'd, I'd be like, I don't know. I'd be like, it's a bath toy. <laughs> that's it. That's all Dogs I can tell like you. Them. <laughs> they squeak. Yeah. Okay, so let's let's move on a bit. Yeah. Um, so, the like, the first, like, half of the first chapter is just about the Dursleys and Specifically, Vernon Dursley's day mm-hmm. and how he goes to work and yep. um, and how he's noticing random things. Yeah. Just the people in cloaks, the cat who is supposedly reading a map. Yeah. And he's which, hearing Harry's name. Yeah. And so it's like, okay. Yeah. And then you get to the point where um, where the Dursleys are going to sleep and they're like, they've drifted off to sleep and you go to the scene of outside on Privet Drive where... Yep. A man appears in the street. Just Ooh. appears there. Just a random man. Just a random man. Just shows up. Um, my favorite thing is the... Because we, we find out it's Dumbledore. Mm-hmm. My favorite thing, though, is that he's wearing high-heeled boots. Yes. So my question is, when did J.K. Rowling actually decide that he's gay? Honestly, I feel like maybe she just started it out that way. I would say maybe she did, or maybe she decided that wizards were going to wear boots. Maybe she did. Maybe. The high-heeled boots. <laughs> high-heeled boots. I feel like maybe that's something Ron would be like, no. <laughs> yeah. About. But I think also just Dumbledore is a very interesting man. A yes. very interesting wizard. He's interesting for sure. Yes, absolutely. And so I think that's that's at least part of it. Yeah. But I just, I just remember reading that he wore high-heeled buckled boots, and I was like, uh, what? <laughs> Yeah. Well, and my thing is, like, also, people have their their ideas about whether Dumbledore is gay and yeah. whether he's not. But um, they always go and say, like, well, you know, like, the books don't say it. But, like... The books don't have to say it? Yeah, they don't have to say it. No. Like, it, that doesn't make it canon or not. Yeah. Because, like, you don't have to know, like... That someone's gay to, like... To, yeah. They don't have to explicitly, expressly go, like, oh, you know what? I am gay. I'm going to tell you that all the time. Yeah, no. I mean, that's just, like, in real life. Yeah. Like, people don't have to tell you what exactly. their sexuality is. And it's not a big deal, it's either. It's, so, like, don't make a not. huge deal out of something like that. You yeah. Know? Like, J.K. Rowling says Dumbledore is gay. Okay. Just take it. Whatever. Just take it. It's her character. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, uh, so, yeah. So, Dumbledore appears, and he... Pulls out his put outer or whatever it's capitalized. Called. <laughs> yeah, which you know we later learn is a deluminator in yeah. book seven. It actually has a name. Has a name now <laughs> instead of just put outer. Um, and you know he takes the lights away and he sees Professor McGonagall as a cat. Okay. And then she you know transforms into her usual self and. 
they start talking and whatever. And, um, oh, Dumbledore makes a comment about, uh, where was it? <laughs> oh, he said, he was like, oh, you've been sitting here all day. Like, when you could have been celebrating? I must have passed a dozen feasts and parties on my way here. The way he says it, though, I'm like, Dumbledore, you apparated onto the yeah. street. It sounds like he walked. I mean, yeah, the way he the way he phrases it makes it sound like he walked. Yeah, but, but he definitely didn't. We know he didn't no, walk. No, we know he that didn't. That would be so, a really dumb way to travel to, when you can apparate. Yeah. But, I mean, specifically because we do know he apparated yeah. onto the street. Yeah. We don't have a word for that, but we know he just You're appeared right. there. You're right. They didn't say it they, expressly they don't, yet. I don't even know anything. They talk about that. They probably uh, but uh, until later when they're learning how. I would say, I think it's, like, book five. Yeah. But, basically, um, but my guess is that he probably visited a couple parties on his way to yeah. there. I think he probably stopped by. Probably. Probably. Like, hey, guys. Probably, cool. like, hey, guys, how's it going? I know, yeah. Harry's still alive. Uh, yeah. Voldemort's gone, supposedly. Yeah. You know. He's probably uh, trying to, like, spread, like, the good news. Yeah, probably. Which, like, obviously they already kind of they, had they the already good know. news, but he wanted to, like, reinforce it, I feel yeah. like, maybe? Because Dumbledore's such a well-known, respected wizard. Yes. Yeah. That everyone's like, oh, yes, if Dumbledore says it, then yes. Then yes, absolutely. Yeah. Like, it's true. <laughs> yeah. They agree immediately, because it's Dumbledore. Yeah. How can you disagree with Dumbledore? Uh, right? <laughs> right? How do you disagree with him? <laughs> He's so whimsy and fun. <laughs> <laughs> He's, he really is. I feel like he definitely calms down by the later books, though. I agree. I definitely think he does. I think he takes a little bit more of a serious approach to things as they go on, just because mm -hmm. the danger starts getting more real. But I think it's also just the tone of the books. Yes. The, the books definitely change. Because the first book, at least, the first book or two, at least, are both very whimsical. Mm -hmm in nature yeah but like it gets into darker themes yeah and so they can't, absolutely we do. can't have a fun dumbledore anymore no no more fun dumbledore. no more fun dumbledore <laughs> we love him but yeah no more yeah. fun dumbledore <laughs> yeah unfortunately okay so um let's see what else i mean i don't have it. like anything you, else yeah you don't have anything i have we can skip that one very short um but I think the, the oh, that's a big deal. The every child in our world will know his name. Yes, yeah. I think it was was that McGonagall who said that? Yeah. Yeah, that was McGonagall who said that. She was like, Every child in our world will know his name. And it's interesting how that is written in this book and you translate to our world too. translate to our world because you and i both grew up with harry potter mm -hmm. and even people who didn't read it they know what harry potter they, is yeah they know who harry potter is. they at least know yeah. have a vague sense of what harry potter is yeah they can at least probably tell you that he's a wizard yeah. and like that's all you need to know whether they read it or watched it or weren't allowed to read it yeah or weren't allowed to watch it yeah or didn't want to or hated mm -hmm. it mm -hmm. like everyone knows essentially yeah. who harry potter is yeah or what harry potter is i guess you could say it's very interesting because i don't know how many other like book series or anything have come to the kind of fame that harry potter has that quickly not a lot i would say I that would say. yeah that quickly not a lot but also like the Wizarding World of Harry Potter and Universal Studios. Mm -hmm. Like, how many other things can say that they have, like, some sort of, like, amusement park? Pretty you much know? none. <laughs> Pretty much none. I mean, like, you have, like, like Marvel and DC superheroes. Like, yeah. they have their own things. And well, then Star Wars does. Star Wars as well. Yes, you're yeah. right. Because Star Wars is at Disney. Yeah. Um, and then, and like, so I guess the Disney conglomerate. 
Yeah. But that's a conglomerate. Yeah. It's not like individual, like, this is the Pirates of the Caribbean park. Yeah, no. It's, <laughs> there's a ride. Yeah, there's a ride. And that's <laughs> one ride. ride. Yeah. There's also one ride for the Haunted Mansion, but like, they're not on the but same they're level, not, yeah. you know? I would say, but Harry Potter came to fame yeah. so quickly. So quickly, and, so swiftly. In such and a huge strong. way. Very yeah. strongly, yes. And so I think that's just really interesting to see. I agree. Yeah. Yeah, it's got a lot of a lot of punch, I think, with how it came out. Yeah. Despite being rejected 17 times. Yes. At yeah. least. Or something. Because I think that's, that's also something that's interesting. It was rejected so many times, but now it... It's this it's, huge thing. It's huge. And whoever that publisher was is probably the happiest person. Probably. <laughs> They're like, oh, thank God I didn't reject that. That was the right story. <laughs> I took a chance. I took a chance and I went with it. And it worked. <laughs> yeah. Um... Anyways, so, yeah, you see Dumbledore and Minerva, they're there at, mm-hmm. on, uh, Privet Drive. Um, and then Hagrid comes. Yes. And he's described very... He's giant. He's giant. He's a cartoon character, yes. basically. a huge cartoon character. Because he's, like, twice the height of, like, regular mm-hmm. adults and whatnot. Yeah. <laughs> My favorite and Isn't thing. he, like, twice wide, too? Maybe? Though? Like, he's super, super wide, I, I think mean, is how they possibly? describe him as well. Which, five. like, is so weird, because, like, you think about the Hagrid from the movies. Oh, he was five times as wide. Yeah, see, like, <laughs> he, you think about the Hagrid from the movies, and he's definitely not like that. No. Like, he's like... No. Like, that's automatically what I assume Hagrid looks like. Yes, but, but I think... in the books, that's not how he's yeah. described. I would say, because definitely when I think of Hagrid, I think of movie Hagrid, mm-hmm. but I think that's because we grew up with that. Yeah. Yeah. But I think my favorite description about Hagrid is... Let's see, where was it? And his feet and their leather boots were like baby dolphins. How big are baby dolphins? I don't know. <laughs> Why was that to the, the description? That's a really, really weird description, Joe. Right? Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> I don't, I don't know how big baby dolphins are. I can imagine regular dolphins. Like, what was Joe thinking when she wrote that? I don't know. <laughs> I really don't. I'm just, I want to understand her brain for a little bit. <laughs> Just pop into her brain, say hello, and be like, um, explain this to me. Even if I was trying to describe something as big, I don't think I would say baby dolphins. Yeah. Because who knows how big a baby dolphin is? Right? I've I'd, never seen a baby dolphin. Neither have I. <laughs> I mean, I guess I could look one up and then see how big it is. But yeah, like, we could absolutely do that, but I don't... I, I honestly don't even know what I would describe people's feet as if they were big. <laughs> I'd be like, they had big feet. Right? <laughs> that was it. Yeah. I, I wouldn't even describe people's feet. I probably wouldn't either. I unless it was a, feet. Unless it was a character like Hagrid. That's true. And he's being described very cartoonishly, so. Yes. I guess that was her goal. Uh, my, another interesting thing is that on like the next page, it says Dumbledore McGonagall bent forward over the bundle of blankets. And I'm like, is Hagrid bending down for this or what? Because as far as I'm aware, Hagrid is still holding him. Yeah, and he's really tall. And he's twice <laughs> as tall as they are, which means Harry is above their heads. Yeah, so they so, can't bend over and so look I, up at the same time. Yeah, I know. So this leads me to believe that Hagrid probably bent down and was like, here's Harry. Yeah. I think maybe he did do that. Or he put him down and we just don't know that he did that. Yeah. Maybe. Which would be really sad because he put down a baby. I would say, I don't think they put him down at don't that point. Don't put down the baby yet. Don't put down the baby. <laughs> Anyways. Um, another thing. Uh, we're kind of skipping through this ending. Or yeah. Through this chapter, really. That's okay, though. But uh, but at, like, the end of the chapter... Oh, where is it? 
but it mentions at the end of the chapter, let's see, he couldn't know that at this very moment, people meeting in secret all over the country were holding up their glasses and saying in hushed voices to Harry Potter, the boy who lived. They have not been meeting in secret at all yeah. during the day. No, so all day they were totally open about it. Why are they meeting in secret now? Well, maybe because of the rules. Like, they had their one day of amnesty. Okay, yeah. And then all of a sudden that rule is, like, back in place. Okay, yeah, so because be it, is, it is late at night. Like, the Dursleys are mm-hmm. asleep. So, okay, that makes sense. But um, I still, I just don't, I still don't understand why it's secret at night instead yeah. of during the day. I mean, maybe because people are... Because maybe, I guess, during the day, it's bright outside. You can easily congregate and see other people and be like, oh my god, did you hear? That's a good thing. But at night, it's harder to distinguish these dark figures out there. It's like, are you uh, one of my kind? Yeah. That's a good point. That's a really good point. Because then you... Well, and then if you're, like, a muggle, too, like, they could be seeing these people in dark dark clothes as, like, bad people. True, very true. Especially if they're wearing, uh, you know, cloaks, mm-hmm. and that's not normal. Yeah, yeah. So, like, there's also that potential. So I think maybe that's why they started doing it at Secret at Night. Maybe. In Secret at Night. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, uh, one more thing I wanted okay. to mention before we finish out this chapter. Throughout the entire chapter, it is never mentioned what time of year it is or what day it is or anything. Okay. It's not even mentioned how old Harry is. Yeah. All yeah. we know is he's a baby he's boy. A baby. Just a baby. We just know he's a baby boy in a bundle of blankets. blankets. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is all we know. Yep. We so, have no clue about anything. Yeah. And so, like, when you're looking back on it, though, once you find out what day that was or what night that was, because that was technically the night of November 1st yeah. when, whenever Harry is dropped off at yeah, the Dursleys. because his parents died on the yeah. 31st. But you realize it's really cold. Yeah. It's November 1st, and you're just going to leave this baby in a bundle of blankets on a doorstep in the middle of the night. Yeah. Like, what? Like, that is... I feel like that is such a wizard thing to do. I agree, but how are they going to keep them warm? Do they have, like, a spell for the blankets? Maybe. Maybe. Maybe they did. Maybe. Maybe they did. Maybe they made the blankets warm until Petunia or Vernon or whoever opened the door and was like, oh, there's a baby. I would say maybe maybe the blankets keep him warm until he is, like, taken out of the blankets. And then maybe that's when the spell is broken. Yeah. Maybe. Okay. Because I feel like that's the only way it would make sense for them to leave him on the doorstep. Yeah. Absolutely. Because otherwise that's child endangerment. And yes. then Dumbledore and McGonagall are going to be in trouble. Which, <laughs> it's it's interesting that you mentioned child endangerment. Yes. <laughs> because we get into the next chapter. And there's lots of it. And my first <laughs> note about the next chapter is, Harry is living in an abusive household. I talked about that too. <laughs> what did I write What did you write? <laughs> Let's see. Yep, 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 yep casual mention of how Harry lives in the cupboard under the stairs. But, like, we start seeing his abuse yeah. because it's his the birthday of yeah. Dudley. Uh-huh. I would say, and, like, I know on my notes, like, I mentioned, like, specific things. I have, like, eight things that I oh, mentioned. Oh, yeah, you do. Yeah. Um, should I, do you think I should just go ahead and read? Yeah, everything? we can go through. Okay, I'm gonna yeah. go ahead and read my list of what makes this an abusive household. So, number one, Harry's bedroom is the cupboard under the stairs, and we when he gets in trouble, they lock him in it. Yes, that's right. <laughs> they have uh, a lock on the outside. They have a lock on it. the outside, so they can lock <laughs> him in it. 
Um, there's a mention of Dudley using Harry as his own personal punching bag when he can catch him. But Harry is fast, so I think he can get away. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I also mentioned that Harry appears to be starving. He's extremely skinny, and the Dursleys only give him Dudley's hand-me-downs, which are far too big for Harry as he's super skinny. Um, there, let's see, it said on page 20, Harry had always been small and skinny for his age. Which, like, I could see that being a genetics thing, but at, because we kind of know the household that he's in, yeah. I don't think it's genetics. I don't think it's I think I think it's that they're starving him. Yeah, they're definitely starving him. Like, he gets to eat, like, the scraps, I think. Yeah, probably, he, he essentially maybe. gets kind of whatever's left over. Yeah. Uh, my next point was the first lesson he learned in the Dursley household was don't ask questions. Okay. Like, he was told not to ask questions. Like, specifically about his parents, though. Yeah. Because they were like, do not ask. And he ha- he well, doesn't know. he was know. probably so curious because he's so little. Oh, absolutely. He's very curious. And, like, all he knows is that, like, this is his aunt and uncle yeah. and his cousin. Well, and at this point, he's still just 10. Yeah, at this point in particular, he's 10. <laughs> he's still just a little 10-year-old. Yeah. Like, that's a year older than how I was when I started reading these books. Yeah. So. Yeah. Like, I definitely would have been really curious about, mm-hmm. like, where oh, I came from absolutely. and what was happening and why I was there and yeah. why I was be- being treated like this. Yeah. So. Yeah. And, like, especially since they are not telling him anything about yeah. his parents at all. They're yeah. not telling him what they look like. He do- hasn't seen any pictures. Nothing. That's right. Yeah. He has no clue. He knows anything. nothing. Nothing. Okay. So, my, so next, my next point was yeah. <laughs> they put Harry in charge of breakfast, which seems to be a normal thing. In any other household, this could be seen as a good thing for learning if the child in question yeah. likes cooking and yeah. wants to be in charge of breakfast. But here, Harry has no choice in the matter. Yeah. He's, like, forced into it, even though he's, like, he, yeah. little... He's forced into it. They go, don't burn the bacon. Go right. take care of it. Like, don't burn the bacon, but, like, you can burn yourself. Yeah, basically. Like, they're so worried about the food, <laughs> they're not so him. so worried about the food, not him. Uh, let's see. Uh, Vernon and Petunia often talk about Harry as if he's not there. They're talking about, uh, in this chapter when Mrs. Fig can't take care of him. Mm-hmm. They're like, yeah, oh, she what said, about... Like, broke her, like, leg or something, Yeah, they, right? she broke her leg. And they're like, oh, what about Marge, uh, Vernon's and Marge sister? Marge hates him. Yeah, they they specifically yeah. said, like, in front of Harry, they're like, she hates the boy. Yeah. And then, like, doesn't she have, like, a friend that Vernon brings up and she's like, no. Yeah, they're like, like that's not she, a choice either. Yeah, they're like, they won't take him. Yeah. So, like, they literally, they're trying to figure out someone they can pawn him off on just so that they don't have to, like, take him to, yeah. to celebrate because Dudley's birthday. they do not want him there. Yeah. At all. Which is awful. Yeah. Because he's a child. He's, yeah, and he, like, he's seeing all these other kids, specifically yeah. his cousin, though, yeah. with all these great toys yeah. and things and experiences, and he gets nothing. Yeah. Like, all these kids get to go have fun and enjoy life yeah. and, like, hang out with their parents or, like, yeah. their adoptive parents. Or their friends or, friends or friends, yeah. whatever. And, and Harry's and, not allowed to have friends. He's not allowed to have fun. Like, yeah. he, like, in this book, like, it sucks about when they go... For Dudley's like birthday that they're going to the zoo and it's like Harry's first time. But yeah. by that time, I think I had been to the zoo at least a handful of times. I would say by that by that time, like I know my family was having like some sort of like family get together mm-hmm. at the zoo at least once a year. Yeah, exactly. So. And then there was like the field trips with school. Like, yeah, you go to the zoo a lot as a child. Oh, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's fun. It's, it's enjoyable to see I mean, animals. I think it. I think it also depends on how often you've been, if you've ever That's been true. there. That's true. Because I know it got to a point since I, I went like every year. I got bored. Like, kind of lame. Yeah. But that's how I felt about the Arboretum as well. Because we that, went there so many yeah. times, too. Oh, see, I've never been there. I don't think. 
flowers and butterflies flowers and trees. And <laughs> I would probably be bored there too if I'm being. Well, honest. it is kind of boring. If yeah. you like, it's a great the first time because you like get to see all these pretty things yeah. and you get oh, to go yeah. into the butterfly room and like all of yeah. that stuff. But like after like a certain point, like you're like, mm-hmm. okay, well, like I've seen a lot of this. Now, yeah. So. Yeah. I'm done. But I also think, like, as you grow older, specifically, like, once you're out of high school and you can be, really be your own person, I feel like you start to gain, um, like, respect for these things and just a more, a better understanding of, like, oh my god, like, look at this thing or whatever, you know? And then you're like, let's go back. Well, let's go back. Let's go do it. Yeah. But. Yeah. The trip to the zoo, though. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. So, so there were also things yeah. from the trip to the zoo that are on my list of abuse. why he's in an abusive household. Um, another one thing was the weird magical things happen around Harry that he can't explain to the Dursleys punish him for okay. it. Like, that's just in general. Yeah. But also at the zoo. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, after the reptile house incident when, was it Piers? Piers? something oh uh, yeah I the character's name yeah uh mentions that harry had been talking to the snake vernon shuts harry in his cupboard stating no meals yeah which that's abuse like i feel like they do that a lot to him i would say yeah i definitely feel like they do that a lot to him and if they do do that to him a lot mm-hmm. and it's like a consistent thing how has he like not died from starvation well yet? it also mentions <laughs> that harry has snuck into the kitchen late at night okay. to go get food okay but still, that's abuse. That. That's definitely abuse. <laughs> that is abuse. And, like, thank God that he's, like, a a kid who knows his way around the kitchen. Yes, because they because put him in charge of things. Yeah. How would he eat? I don't know. I, don't. <laughs> I mean, he could just, like, go look for junk food in the pantry or something. That's true. But, but if they lock him into the pan- like the cupboard, how does he get out? I mean, maybe it's times that they don't lock him in they forget or something? Maybe. I don't know, maybe. Or maybe they don't want him to have an accident in his cupboard. <laughs> an accident. <laughs> They'd make him clean it up or something. They would. They'd be like, matter. you made the mess and clean it up. <laughs> it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter, They wouldn't yeah. care. Yeah, not at all. They, I mean, they'd be disgusted if, yeah. he, made, if he had an accident. Absolutely. But yeah, no. It... <laughs> also, when does he shower? That's a good question. Is he ever allowed to shower? I assume so, just so they don't have to spell him. Because there's definitely not a shower in the cupboard. No. So they, uh, like, I'm sure there are times they're like, bath now. <laughs> like, shower now. <laughs> Just they, a command. <laughs> exa- yeah. That's how they would be. They would be oh, like, go. Yeah. Guaranteed they would. You're right. Absolutely. Continuing with that abusive household thing. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, Mrs. Fig was mentioned, so that's a big deal. That is a big deal. Because yes. she comes back later. She comes back in book Whether five. it's like... For convenience sake in the fifth one or not. She does yeah. come back later. She does come back, yeah. And it could be convenience sake, just because this was a character already mentioned mm-hmm. living on the same street yeah. or whatever. Yeah. You know, and Joe probably went, oh, hey, like, I have this incident that's going to happen in the beginning yeah. of book five. Uh, should, do I create a new character? Or, oh, hey, Mrs. Fig was in the first. Exactly. Perfect. And then she's, she, like, she's a witch. Exactly. Good. Yeah. 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 I don't know. I don't know. I know some people think that it's just a convenient yeah. thing that Joe like I th- threw I in there. I think that one specifically is. I think it is too. Just yeah. because like I don't hear any mention of Fig ever again. You from don't. What I remember know. until the fifth one. Yeah. I mean, like, and um, then she kind of becomes a big uh-huh. thing. I would say I think. I think the only other book that she could potentially be mentioned in would be like 
the second book, and it would be for these same reasons of, like, yeah. babysitting or something. Yeah. But, um... But I, the the thing that stuck out to me while reading this part about Mrs. Fig, it seemed like that Harry only went over to her house, like, once a year on Dudley's birthday. Yeah. Which is kind of like, okay. He got pawned off. Yeah. On Dudley's birthday so that he wouldn't get to enjoy any of it at all. But that w- I feel like they would pawn him off on people more than just yeah. that one day. I think so, too. I feel like there's probably a lot of occasions that they probably they would probably be like miss fig can you take him again (laughs) but it just the way it was written at least it was like oh he has to go there every year on dudley's birthday and and then he was so excited when he found out that he could he didn't have to go yes Yes. and then he kept hearing all these people who couldn't take him and he was like yes more people and he was like i was like go to the zoo (laughs) (laughs) yeah um and then they do go to the zoo yeah (laughs) You know what, can we mention the fact that Dudley is so spoiled? Yes, absolutely. Oh my god, he is, he's spoiled. And I think it's because uh, Vernon and Petunia can afford it. Yep. I think they can afford him, but they can't afford Harry. No. <laughs> no. And that's another thing, too. They complain about how much Harry's costing him. Yeah. Costing them. Think and about so- your own son, buddy. <laughs> yeah. Like, come on. <laughs> you like you bought Dudley what, like thirty seven presents for his birthday and then he's like, uh last year I had however many Wait, wasn't it thirty six? Oh I, maybe it was thirty two more when they went yeah. out. It may have been thirty six. I don't know. I think those but are the numbers I remember. However much it was. That's a lot. Yeah. However much it was, though, they're like, we want to keep our son happy, so we will buy him. Like, assuming things. assuming Dudley's around Harry's age. Yeah. Which he is, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty I think, sure he I'm is pretty too. sure he's only, like, a month older. But I don't think they, like, mentioned it. No, I, I don't know when that would be mentioned. But, like, assuming he is. Yeah. Which I, I would assume he's about 10 or 11. Somewhere yeah. Somewhere around there. Somewhere around there. He's getting 30 presents for his birthday. Who gets that many presents? From his parents, specifically? Yeah, specifically. And then he has friends on top of that. Yeah, on top of that. So they're probably also... Yeah. So he's going to get at least, like, 40-something presents. Probably. He's, like, 10. Yeah. The most he needs is maybe, like, four or five Four or five, yeah. And, like, you don't even need presents. No. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's just, like, a gift. That's just, yeah, like, that's, that's exactly. Happy birthday. Have something but, to have fun with. You know what? This could also be just, they're, they want to show Harry how much they despise him. Probably. don't like him. I feel like the inflation of how many presents there are from year to year, because they keep adding yeah. to it. Oh, yeah. Like, it's only increasing, which, like, at, at 10, and he's getting, like, 40 he's, presents. Yeah. Can you imagine how many he's going to get when he's, like, 25? Oh, God. <laughs> I feel like at 25, it would just be, hey, give me money. Right? Like, hopefully they Or give me, give me the, the best thing. phone that there is, or yeah. whatever. They, like, go for value over quantity, hopefully. Yeah. Which, actually, at 25, but... phones wouldn't... Cell phones wouldn't really be a thing for That's them. That's true. Yet. That's true. Not yet. Not yet. It'd be getting close. Yeah. It would be beginning. Or it'd be very beginning cell phones. Yeah. yeah. Beginning of cell phones. But, like, that's insane. Mm-hmm. Like, I can't yeah. imagine parents of a 10 year old doing that no definitely not like, oh we're just gonna spend like hundreds of dollars mm-hmm. on birthday presents for you as say, well as you know christmas because i'm sure they yeah. give christmas oh, presents like this too. and like the thing is too they seem to live in a very uh i guess like common kind of neighborhood yeah. like very like middle upper middle class yeah and so it's like this, this many presents for such a not even very big house yeah like where are they gonna put them all 
Yeah, exactly. Um, well, Dudley does have the second bedroom. That's true. I think that's where they all go. The second bedroom. Yeah. But, um, I think, cause this is what I would do if I had, like, the money that I think the Dursleys have. I probably would mm-hmm. also get a smaller house. Cause I don't need something that's huge. Yeah. And I would probably have something that's pretty, you know, economical that yeah. I can, like, save money for. Yeah. But they're saving all this money just to buy Dudley a bunch of presents. Bunch of presents that he's gonna forget about in, like, a week. Right? Because he's so spoiled that, like, guaranteed he's going to get more stuff the next week. Yeah. So maybe they are doing that just so that they can afford Dudley's, like, I mean, needs, quote-unquote. Yeah, quote-unquote, because they but, spoil him. Because I, I don't feel like Vernon and Petunia need a lot. No, I feel like I don't they live so. on the bare minimum. They get what the like fo- what food they need, and they watch like their TV. Yeah, for like the news and stuff. They have their newspaper, which like those stuff are usually free mm-hmm. yeah. or pretty cheap for a house. Yeah, and so like they have that as their entertainment, and then like they like spend time together. Yeah, obviously. Yeah, and then they just like work and they and just live their lives. They want Dudley to have the best. I guess. And so they give him whatever he wants. That's so weird. Yeah. I would never do that. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, so uh, so this is supposedly Harry's first time at the zoo. Yes. And at some point, they mention that, like, they're getting ice cream or mm-hmm. something. And, like, Dudley and his friend get, like, the biggest ice creams yes. ever. And they, like, begrudgingly, like, give Harry, like, a popsicle. A lemon popsicle. Yeah. And, and it's the best thing he's ever had. So my question is, is this the first time Harry has ever had a Popsicle? I think it probably is. Like, I mean, unless he has had one, like, at school or something. Yeah. Like, this could very well be the first time he's ever had one. But even at school, I feel like he probably hasn't. Because I think usually the way school works mm-hmm. is you have to pay for stuff yeah. to eat or bring your own stuff. Yeah. And I'm not really sure how Harry would eat while he was at school because I don't feel like the... Dursleys would give him money. For they, yeah, stuff. they wouldn't. And I have no clue if they would even let him bring anything to school. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Because, I mean, also, we're Americans. That's true. We know how American schools, yeah. American public schools work. These ones work. Yeah. We don't specifically know how theirs would work. So, I mean, unless there's like a free lunch pro- program for all the kids Maybe or something. There is. Maybe there is. I don't know. We didn't look this up. Maybe they have like tuition that they pay into the school that they have to pay, and yeah. that includes the food. Okay, so yeah. and Petunia don't have a choice in the matter. Yeah, well, except Harry's going to a public, like, elementary school. Okay. So. So. Maybe. I, I don't know. I, I don't know how I've public schools no work. Idea. I know how ours work, because you just pay taxes to yeah. go to the public schools. Yeah, exactly. But I have no clue how theirs would work. I have no idea. I have absolutely no idea. Because, <laughs> I mean, there's still the potential of them needing to pay a little bit of tuition. Oh, I'm sure, yeah. Of some sort. Yeah. But, I don't know. Okay. Anyways, uh, so they get to the reptile house. Yes. And, um, and it's interesting because Harry can sympathize with all these animals in cages Mm -hmm. because Harry's been in a cupboard for who knows how long. Yeah. How long has Harry been living in a cupboard? That's my question. When did they start making him live in there? Well, I don't know. That's a good question, but I think there was the potential that they, when he was a baby, put his crib or something in there. I mean, maybe, but I... I mean, where else would they have put it? Dudley probably still had two bedrooms. Probably. He probably had his bedroom and then his, like, playroom or whatever. Yeah, his playroom. And they probably didn't want to take that away from him. Yeah. 
So, so I mean, maybe, or maybe they, like, briefly put Harry in the playroom. Maybe. Or maybe in Dudley's room. Because I can't I don't imagine know. they would put Harry in their I don't, bedroom. I, no. Even definitely though not. that's, like, what you're supposed to I don't, do with I don't young even, babies. I don't even think they would put Harry in Dudley's room. I don't think so either. Honest. I feel like maybe he was always in the cupboard. Maybe. Like, they just know. were like, well, we're just going to put you away. Yeah. So this you're is just going to be This in is here. where you go. I don't know how Petunia, like, took care of him. I don't know. That's the real question. As a baby. Because like, he was, like, young yeah. when he was dropped off. Yeah. Because, like, w- those of us who know the series, you know, we know that Harry was a year old. Yes. And so he's a young toddler. He's probably on the verge of learning to walk if he doesn't know how to already. Yeah. And so, like, yeah, how, like, I feel like they very, like, begrudgingly took him in yeah. and went, okay, we will... Yeah. You know, we'll raise him fine. Which, but, while they don't like their family, I think shows some sense of duty to their family. Yeah. Because they didn't just get rid of him. Yeah. I mean, maybe they were threatened in that letter that they were given with Harry. I don't think so. But. Hold on. <laughs> I but, have an article. <laughs> yes, you do. But they definitely kept Harry. Yeah. Which is kind of a big deal, despite the fact that they, like, totally abuse him and all that. Yeah. But they yeah. at least kept him, you know. They recognized that, like, hey, he's our family still, but, like, we don't like him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So there's kind of some familiar, familial loyalty, if you can even call it that. Yeah. If Yeah. Okay, so this paragraph in okay. this article about Vernon and Petunia says, uh, Reading the shocking contents of Dumbledore's letter, however, which told her how bravely Lily had died, she felt she had no choice but to take Harry in and raise him alongside her own cherished son, Dudley. Okay. She did it grudgingly and spent the rest of Harry's childhood punishing him for her own choice. Uncle Vernon's dislike of Harry stems in part from Severus Snape's... Uh, stems in part like Severus Snape's from Harry's close resemblance to the father that they both so disliked. Okay. So something I didn't mention earlier when I mentioned how... Uh, that when Vernon met Lily and James, um, James showed his amusement about Vernon and whatnot, and so it just made Vernon hate him. Well, James is kind of an asshole. But that's just my personal opinion. I don't know. I, I haven't been a part of the series in forever, so I don't remember. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, so I think, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, obviously, from that, it definitely talked about a little bit of the whole loyalty thing. Yeah. Like, she recognized that her sister, like, died. Yes. And sacrificed herself And so, and she's him. like, okay, fine, I'll yeah. take him in. So she, like, she begrudgingly did it. Obviously not kindly. No, but... but she still took she care still of him did. and still... Even though he reminded her of everything that she loathed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's also, I think, everything she wanted to be, because I yeah. think she, she did... She never told anyone this, but she wanted to be a witch. Like, she wished oh, yeah. she had had the same kind of opportunity. She was absolutely so jealous yes. of Lily. Yes, absolutely. There's no way she wasn't. Yeah. You have a special sister, and you don't get to be like her? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, and, like, her, their parents are doting on Lily yeah. because they're like, oh, my God, we have a witch. Which, like, is great and all. Like, good for you for, like, supporting your daughter and her newfound identity, but you need yeah. to also support your other daughter. Yes. And I feel like maybe they overlooked her, and that's part of her resentment towards Lily. And the reason why she was looking for a very normal husband, a very normal life. Yeah. Yeah. Away from the wizarding world. Yes. She had been around it for so long, but she wasn't part of it. Yes. Yeah. So, I think that 
kind of humanizes her a little bit. A little bit. Doesn't yeah. allow her how she treats people. Yeah, it doesn't disregard her but, how she treated Harry and how she may treat others. Yeah. But I think so. it explains her a little bit better. Yeah. I still hate her. <laughs> but. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, so uh, so they're at the reptile house. Yes. Uh, Harry, well, the snake starts talking to Harry. Yes. It's not Harry starts talking to the snake. It's the well, snake starts talking to him. Actually, the snake just, like, motions. But Harry's oh, the one who starts right, talking to him first. Hold up. Because <laughs> Harry goes up to him. Like, the snake gives him, like, this look that says, like, I totally get it. You know? That's true, and then yeah. Harry's, like, starting to talk to him first. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Because, like, it gave Harry a look that said, quite plainly, yeah. I get that all the time. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So, so the snake is the one who kind of started. Initiates it, he initiates it, but Harry it. starts the talking. That's true. Well, the snake doesn't actually talk He talks to later. Him. Kind of. Under talks. his breath. Harry thinks he hears it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he thinks he hears, like, a, a thing. Yeah. He, yeah, as the snake slid swiftly Adios, past him, amigo. Harry could have sworn a low hissing voice said, Brazil, here I come. Thanks, Adios, amigo. Or whatever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, so, so yeah, so this whole thing with the snake happens. The glass vanishes. Yep. Um, and, and in the movie, you know, Dudley falls this into huge spectacle. It. It's, it's this huge spectacle. Yeah. And, um, but in the book, it's just, the glass, the glass disappears and, and the Dudley snake comes starts out. freaking out. Yeah. And the thing is, is that on the ride home from the zoo, Dudley and his friend are just greatly exaggerating the yeah. story. Like, the more they talk about yeah. it, the more details there are. Yeah. Like, suddenly, instead of the snake just kind of going by them and maybe kind of nipping at their ankles like, a little tried bit. tried to bite. It's Dudley's like, it's like, off. oh my god, the snake tried to bite me. <laughs> <laughs> he tried to eat my leg. He was gonna take my leg off. <laughs> but yeah. Which, it, yeah. But, and so... It's after this you kind of realize that like Dudley probably does this all the time. Oh, I'm sure he does. He exaggerates stories. I mean, he's like a ten year old, you know. He has a gang. Yes. At school. As a ten year old. As a ten year old, he has a gang <laughs> at school. He is absolutely a bully. He is a big ten year old bully. Hundred percent, a huge bully. I can't imagine being a bully at ten years old. Oh. Even like fourth I th- grade. Yeah, no, because I remember <laughs> when I was in fifth grade, when I was ten, um, like. Every, everyone's pretty much friendly. Yeah. Like, you may have had someone that you, like, weren't... You, like, butt heads with You them. might have butt heads yeah. with, yeah. Or you didn't really just get along with them very well. Or you well. didn't like them. But you yeah. wouldn't hang out with someone you didn't like. Yeah, no. And you and I have talked about this before, but in our class, like, mm-hmm. our kind of year or whatever, like, neither of us have witnessed or really experienced any sort of bullying. Yeah. Like, it just doesn't seem like it's been in our... Yeah, not year. in our age group. No. It wasn't, like, a huge thing. No. Like, all the media makes it seem I was saying, because the media... We talked about this where we were like, we don't know if the media is exaggerating Mm -hmm. or if it's just that we ourselves have not seen this. Have not been at a school where this was a thing. And it's very easy, like... Not easy, but, like, very possible that we just haven't seen it. Yeah. That our society, like, our little community is just, like, so kind I yeah guess. i th- i could see that being a possibility but it's just not like that yeah but, but you also have to me- uh mention that at our our high school there were like a million students oh yeah there were so many students. our graduating class was over a thousand students yes. it was 1400. like 1900 it was 1400 yeah <laughs> and so like we there were a lot of people and so it's yeah. quite possible that maybe we just didn't see yeah. it yeah maybe or we didn't hear about it we weren't in the right groups for that because we probably chose kinder groups to be a part of yeah 
Or you know? there's also the potential of just everyone had their group and then and no one just really cared to bully anyone. I would say that's the that's the thing too is that like, you know, at least in our class, like, uh, like if, you know, in High School Musical. Sorry to bring oh, this up, but fine. in High School Musical, <laughs> um, you know, like Troy Bolton <clears throat> is you know the star of the basketball yeah. team and whatnot. And then, like, he decides to try out for the school musical, yeah. or just have him to do it. Which is totally not okay. Totally not okay. <laughs> you know, there's a whole song about sticking with the yeah. status quo. And people are like, oh, well, this basketball player bakes this right. uh, skateboarder or whatever, and you know, like, he plays the violin. This nerd likes to dance. Yeah. Like, it's like, that's what? not okay. But I, just, <laughs> I knew someone in high school who was on the drum line. Mm-hmm. I was on the drum line with him. And he was in theater, and okay. he was in choir. And yeah. they were just kind of like, okay, cool. Yeah. Like, whatever. Yeah. I think... <laughs> Well, those are all those are those are all in the same in the area. same. But still, when but, you yeah. think about it, like Drumline was supposed to be like the cool kids. Yeah. Like that was the cool group. But then he was also in choir, he which was also like, in a lot choir, of people would which... make fun of choir. I know. Like choir is like the one that's easiest to make fun of. I feel like because yeah. everyone thinks it's easy. It's yeah, <laughs> which it's not. It's not. It's easy. not. <laughs> <laughs> but that's another. But yeah, another thing. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, we. Yeah, we we just haven't witnessed bullying yeah. ourselves. No. no, not really, not really. No. I've seen it online. I would say that I feel like that's, but that's a different world, thing. though. Yeah, I feel like it's a whole world of cyberbullying, and not it's like all bullying, ages, bullying. and yeah. yeah, and anything. It could be anyone. It could be a random person from across the world who's yeah. bullying you. But like, but we haven't seen like gangs yeah. coming up and being like, "Hey, like, yeah, not Dudley's gang. Give me your least. lunch money." <laughs> haven't seen Dudley's gang. Yeah, no, definitely not. <laughs> um... <laughs> Anyways, uh, let's see. Okay, so there's a point that what was even going on here? I I make a mention of uh on page 29 in my book at least okay. it says Harry couldn't remember being in the car when his parents died. Yeah, my thought was, duh, you were a well, year yeah. old. <laughs> All he remembers it's because he has this like dream that he wakes up from, yeah. where he like sees all this green light, and he like knows that it's got to be that night that his parents died. Yeah, but he doesn't know where the green light came from. And honestly, if I was imagining like or like having a dream about my parents dying, and I saw all this green light, but they died in a car crash, yeah. I would be a little confused. I would say, here's the thing though, is that like. I don't know about you, but I can't remember anything from when I was a year old. I can. You can. Okay. I can. Okay, I can't. So this is why I'm <laughs> like, I duh, you can't of course you can't remember that. My earliest memory is super weird though. Okay. And very like not special. Because <laughs> my family, when we first moved here, uh-huh. we I was like five months old. Okay. And so we at some point had to go to church at this one building from like like, four to seven, mm-hmm. I think, was the time slot. So that's really late, okay. you know? Yeah. And so we would always eat dinner before we went to church. But, like, I don't remember that. I just know that. You just know it. Because yeah. that's what would have been done for young kids, you know? Yeah. And so, like, we would always eat before that. But I remember being in the car, in a car seat, and watching the sky, like, darken as we were driving okay. home okay. from church. Oh. Like, that's all I remember. Okay. That's it. That's yeah. my memory. But, like... There's no but, other time it would have been like that. Yeah. So that's yeah, the only okay. memory I have from that early. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but I yeah. think my earliest memory is from when I was like three. So it's so weird though. Like it's it doesn't yeah. matter like how old you are or whatever. Your brain latches on to things. And my brain yeah. somehow latched onto that weird, like yeah. not important, weirdly unspecial memory. Yeah. I would say so, so like so like for for me when I read it, I was like, I 
Mm-hmm. Don't feel like Harry should be able to remember this yeah. because he was so young. But, but at the same me. time, well, hold on. But, <laughs> no, but at the same <laughs> time, this was a very life changing yeah. moment for him. This was, you know, his parents are trying to fight off whoever yeah. this guy is breaking into their home. And that would be traumatizing and there was, for a child. And, yeah, and I know, like in the movies, at least, like when you see scenes of Lily getting killed by mm-hmm. Voldemort, you like hear her screaming or whatever. And yeah. there's also the green light, and so yeah. it's probably all of that combined that make him remember that. Yeah. So I just, I think that's interesting. It is definitely interesting. Yeah. And, like, I understand being, like, that's weird to remember. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I also understand him remembering it, too. Yeah. Just because, like, I have that experience that I had. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And, like, honestly, if I had seen a bunch of flashes of green light like that, I feel like maybe I would remember that. <laughs> uh, yeah. Because <laughs> that's kind of weird. It's, yeah, it's not going to be, like, a common thing, but also my memory no. was a common thing, so who knows what you would remember. You yeah. Know? Oh, yeah. Okay, so we we have basically reached the end of the chapter. Yes. And basically at the end of the chapter, like, Harry is in his cupboard later, is just talking about how he's lived with the Dursleys for almost ten years since yeah. his parents died in a car crash. Yeah. And whatnot, and how he's always... uh dreamed of someone else coming to take him away or yeah. whatever and so that's i mean oh. that's basically it that was the other thing that i like talked about the memory thing yeah he also has memories of like random strangers like waving at him from when he was oh, young that's true so he like he remembers like all of these people being like hi and then disappearing and yeah he's like wait where did they I go fe- i feel like that's easier to remember though because he is as he's like older but, like, it also shows that he's being recognized and he doesn't know who these people are. Yeah. He's like, what? It's like, I'm sorry, who are you? <laughs> like, I don't know who you are, so why are you waving at me and, like, being all excited about seeing me? Yeah. That doesn't oh, yeah. make sense. Because I don't have friends. I don't have... I don't... Like, yeah, I know no one. I literally he, just know the Dursleys and that's it. And that's like, it. And the people who, who are him you? at school. Exactly. Yeah. And they're not going to wave at him and be like, hi, no. oh my gosh. And these are, like, adults yeah. who are waving at yeah. him. So, so that was also something that I was like, this is interesting. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. So, And I think I may know about that, too. But you probably did. We can yeah. look. We can look. Let's see. Let's see if you did. Oh, yeah, I did. Oh, yeah, you totally well, did. I, I was, you did it just like I did. I did. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> well, there are these weird people. So, yeah. That's an interesting way to end the chapter with the whole memory. That's true. Thing. Yeah. Because it's just like, here's some memories. Well, and memories turn out to be a big deal, too, later on. That's true. With the pensive thing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Maybe this is kind of... I don't I don't know if it was on purpose. Probably wasn't. Probably It's kind of an idea of, like, you know what? Like, memories are kind of a big deal here. Yeah. So. Okay. I mean, memories are always a big deal, but... Yeah. Anyway. Anyway, so that's that's basically it. Yeah, it's the first two chapters. First two chapters. We're at the end of this episode now. We are. We are. This, so. this is a very, a very long episode. It has, but... <laughs> I don't think we thought it was going to be this long. I don't think so, but I think it's fine. Yeah. So. Okay. Well, I guess everyone's going to have to wait for the next chapter now. Yeah. Or the next two chapters. Yeah. Next episode. Next episode. Next episode. And. And I guess everyone should keep... It's magical! Magical! <laughs>
We hope you enjoyed this episode of Books, Movies, and Musicals. Oh my. If you'd like to connect with us, be sure to check us out on both Twitter and Instagram at bmm underscore oh my. You can find us on Tumblr at bmm-omai, and you can also find us on Facebook by searching for Books, Movies, and Musicals Oh My, or search at sign bmm-omai. You can also email us at books.movies.and.musicals.omai at gmail.com. These socials and our email address are in the description. Thank you all so much for listening. We can't wait to talk with you all next week. Bye! Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 